Hey, hey. Yo, yo. Welcome back. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Basement Brokers, the Omega Real Estate Show. BB Taurus. With, with what'd my you, dog. What'd, what'd you call it, Mario? BB Taurus. You haven't B- heard about that? What is this? Is this like a Star Wars character? Dude. Or? What? What, what, what do you not know about this act? I, I've heard it. I, I just was afraid that it was real. It's absolutely 100% real. real. BB Torres is, unfortunately, the acronym for <laughs> Basement, Brokers. Basement Brokers, the Omega Real Estate Show. <laughs> so today okay. we got a special guest, Zach Blount. Zach Zaddy in the house. Thanks for bringing me out here. Yes, sir. Zach, yeah. nice to have you uh, grace us with your presence over here. Been a busy dude in the last couple months, huh? Yeah, I think we've all been a little crazy. Yeah, I think so too. So, Zach, you're born and raised in where? Riverside. Ooh, shit. Mm. Born and raised Riverside, so 30 minutes out from here. Lived there till I was 20. Went down, moved to Temecula, and then lived in Ontario the last four years. I always thought you were from like Huntington Beach. No. For some reason. He looks like he could be. I'm not that bougie. Well, you used to have like the long hair and like... Oh man, the surfer. Oh, we're gonna, yeah, we're, we're gonna talk about that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> like, I think I'm okay. You had a listing out there. I thought, I thought it was like your family's. List my my family's from Huntington and Newport. So my oh, mom's from Newport. Okay. My dad's from Huntington. So. I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, I think I've been saying that lately on all these podcasts. I'm like, I didn't know that. Oh. A bunch of people saying stuff I didn't know. Yeah, and then they moved out to Rubido, so they're over near you. Rubido, Rubido, Rubido. What up, JV? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's that? Dude, who gets mad at me all the time? And ever since I moved to Harupa Valley, I'm like, JV. JV. I feel like it's like junior varsity or something. Yeah, but it's yeah. also Harupa Valley. Yeah. But Zach, I'm not, not a lot of people know this about you, but you mm. were actually homeschooled. Yeah, I was. Dude, and I trip out on that all the time. And because there's no farms really in Riverside. It's crazy, right? Didn't even grow up on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my mom, my was, farms. My, my mom was still my prom date, but... Um, oh! Oh, shit. Yeah. Did she like pick you up in the limo? No, it was just in our living room. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no, but he turned out to be a pretty pretty nice dude. And uh who'd have thought? Yeah. Yeah. So when I learned you were homeschooled, I'm like, what do you mean you're homeschooled? You're like a normal guy. Yeah. It's so crazy. apparently like, uh throughout the no school at all, no public school? No, I was in um up until sixth grade. So okay. sixth grade on, I was homeschooled. Yeah. So what junior high did you go to? Homeschool, junior high. Oh, so. up until sixth grade. Oh, you went public school education. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Blazed right there. I think you meant like you started like public school after sixth. No, grade. no. So up until fifth. So I was public school K through fifth, then mm. sixth grade through graduation of high school. Yeah, I was homeschooled. But he still played basketball, right? Still, yeah. still played sports. Still had friends. Still had friends. I yeah. know. No yeah. basement, like hiding in the basement, coming out like. I mean, a little bit, but um, <laughs> no. It's, I mean, it's funny. You, you kind of have like that stereotypical what you yeah. think, and trust me, there are plenty. Okay, so it is true. It's it's like fifty fifty. Either you make it or you don't. Yeah, you know, it's flip of a coin where you're gonna. But like, look at where we are now in a basement. No, not in a basement, <laughs> Zach. I'm talking about schooling, Zach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, every kid now. is homeschooled now. Yeah, exactly. But I, I was just preparing for the future. Yeah, see? You yeah, were, see, you were ahead of the, the trend. But yeah. it wasn't that bad, though. No. I mean, be honest. No, I mean, it, it was like, finish school, like, two hours a day. Go 
hang out the rest of the day. Just rock around every single day. Yeah. Go hang out with friends. Go to the beach. I feel as long as you have like good family around you, you're pretty much like homeschooled pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think I've realized, and maybe you have too, David, being not from around here is it really just matters who's in your life rather than really where you're at, what you're doing. Absolutely. I I think um, it's funny because in high school, when you're about 15 to 17, you think that every single person in your life, uh, friends, close friends, best friends, whatever you want to call them, are going to be there forever. Like you were convinced as a kid because your world is so small Small at that point. Yeah. And you're like, well, how how possible is it that these people won't? You're like, there's no possible way these people won't be in my life. And guess what? I mean, I keep in touch with people, yeah, but none of them. Yeah, you know what? And I think that's a strange thing. Although you'd think like, you know, homeschool is obviously different. There's not as many people. I think the friendships I developed through it were stronger than a lot. Like Such I still see so crazy. Like my best friend since I was like 11, 12, I still see. Yeah, that's so sick. Yeah, I still, still see a lot of my them. friends from high school. I mean, I work with Alyssa and Megan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's like forced. You yeah. Know, you have to. Oh, shit. Yeah, Megan did force me. But so. I mean, come on. You were 15, 16 years old thinking that For like sure. every single person in your life, you're like, I'm going to be in this person's wedding. I'm going to, you know, we're going to grow old together and be friends forever. And, and your world changes for sure after you get out into the real world. Yeah. But yeah, um, but you went to college, no college. Uh, a little bit of community college. Not, yeah. not really much. No. Did you go to like, RCC or? <laughs> sir. I went to the Marina Valley campus, so I did night some night classes over there, and then a few in Riverside, but not a whole lot. Maybe finished like seven or eight classes. No plan. Like, I'm going to go to school for this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this person. No, I mean, for a while, I wanted to um, become a police officer. So I was like working on that. I even was planning on going the route of getting my EMT and... I, I took an EMT course and passed it and all that. And then I just never really did anything with it. I could see you as a cop just being like sure, the yeah. most like, like sarcastic cop ever. <laughs> Sarcasm. Uh, Officer, it's not mine. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need your mom's phone number. Uh, I'm going to call her and ask her if it's yours. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the plan. And then when I was like 20, I got offered a full-time position at my job where before it was part-time, I was able to go to school and I got offered a full-time position and to work down in San Diego. And I took that at a young age and was thinking, oh, I could just make good money instead of having to go to college for the next couple of years. And what did you do before you started real estate? I was, um, the manager of a indoor go-karting facility. What? Yeah. K1 speed. Sick. Don't they have an Ontario Mills or no? Is yeah, so I, I started working at the one in Ontario. Okay, then. Then after a year there, I was, tra- so I worked there as like a, starting off as just like a track person and then a supervisor, which was still part-time. And then I got promoted to manage the one in San Diego. And then if after a year down there, I came back to Ontario and managed that one for the next two years. Wow. And that you had the craziest stories from, man. I remember the, like, you, you when I first met Zach, what, four years ago for some change? He would four tell years me that. Ago. Yeah. Something like that, right? right like, four, in like two months, it'll be four years. Four and ago. some change. Yeah. Or, no, no. Okay. Three and some change. Yeah. Four minus some change. <laughs> Three and a lot of change. Okay. Four minus a lot of change. 
Yeah. Now he would tell me the craziest stuff, dude. Like people just all out brawling in this facility. Oh yeah. Um, you actually brawling in the facility. Wait, you fought people, Zach? Yeah, I got like jumped by this dude. What? No, at, it gets crazy. Okay, K one go karting facility. It's like UFC in there. All right, so check it out. I mean, they're they're typically in like warehouse parking lots. Right. And what's great about warehouse parking lots is you get a bunch of teenagers out there getting hammered in the parking lot. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's no one around like all the businesses are shut down. There's no one monitoring the parking lot. Right. So you get all these people and then all these dirt bikers are all competitive and stuff. You get them all hyped up and they get out on the track and they get into some crazy stuff. And then they're brawling. Then they're brawling. Yeah. And then I'm in the middle of it. Was that breaking morning? it up and then they're like oh let's go too all right yeah <laughs> was that more like in ontario san diego you got more brawls uh san diego we just got a lot more drunk parties coming in all the bachelor mm. bachelorette bachelorette parties but ontario was more uh, altercations altercations yeah and then kids <laughs> would break their bones bro Ugh. and then get mad at zach why yeah. did my kid break his bone it's your fault well, 45 miles into a wall you know, things <laughs> yeah. happen I've yeah. never been go-karting before. Oh, it's fun. Oh, they're fast as shit, dude. They're super fast. Yeah, they're fun. I think I did the one at Boomers, like, down oh, the street. Oh, yeah, see, that, those go, like, 15 miles an hour. Yeah, it's like, yeah. those aren't really that fast. No. So you're working at K1, getting into brawls. Kids are breaking bones. Yep, yep. And then the idea of real estate happens. Yeah, you know what? I was, I've always considered getting into sales because that was the one aspect of my job that I uh, really enjoyed other than the free go-karting. <laughs> nice. Um, but a good um, friend who was actually uh, worked with my dad for like 25 years, he got into real estate at like 56 years old, right? Wow. So he uh, was doing it part-time and then one day he got in an altercation with, with his boss at his day job and was like, you know what? I can do real estate full-time. So he jumped into it and... Uh, shortly after that, he called me and he was like, hey, I think you'd be good at this and I don't want you to make the same mistake I did. He goes, I wish I jumped into this 30 years ago. He goes, you need to get your license. So he kind of put me on the track as far as what I needed to do. And then when the time came, I got put in touch with Jason Ashmore. Shout out Jason Ashmore. Shout out Jason Ashmore. So wait, you got into our office. I remember when you first came in like a long time ago. Yeah, because he was, um, <clears throat> he worked down in Temecula where I was living at the time. And then I was moving to Ontario and uh, he put out some feelers like, hey, anyone know of a good team up in uh, Rancho, Ontario area? And then I got put in touch with Megan David and then I met with you guys and a rap yeah i remember him coming in i don't remember he was a newbie he was a little like i don't remember like the interview uh what are you talking about we interviewed at that cowboy burger place me and you sat down and had lunch together september no uh cowboy burger that place that was right i don't next know it was it wasn't cowboy it was um but it was something else right and they yeah, changed right across the cowboy the burger yeah on uh arrow yeah yeah the arrow office Across the street, do a little little uh, burger joint. No, he got hired at the re- at the Remax up on on La Haven. We we had both offices at that point. Really, there was a sales bullpen was off of uh, Haven. Remember the bullpen <laughs> that consisted of me, you, and Mark just sitting in there on talking all day while everyone else was at the other office. Um, yes. No, but that uh, that restaurant was like the only place within like five miles of yeah, that, that office. Yeah, that of Cowboys in. Yeah. 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 So we interviewed there, and what did I say? I was just like, "Well, 
Do you want to have, sell houses? Because I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think I was at the at that company for um, too long before you came on. No, board. I think you were there for like six months or something. Because you started beginning of 2017, right? Yep. Yeah, and I started in, I think I met with uh, you guys in June, June or July, right around there. Yeah. So we sit down, I'm like... I'm trying to recall. Do you, do, no, I don't remember, actually. All right, let's hear this made up conversation. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, so we were like, um, yeah, hi, Zach. My name's Dave. I sell houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your license. Congratulations. Do you want to sell houses? Yeah, pretty much. No, that, that's how. All that right, how it let's do it, man. Come no, back. Uh, sign on. You're what on. happened was I met with Megan first, right? So I met with her, sat down, talked with her for like an hour. And then she was like, well, you know, I'm super busy because I think she was training one or two people at the time. And she's like, you'll have to meet with David because he's going to be the one training you so you got to see if he's willing to undertake that i guess yeah actually now i recall i don't recall the conversation but i recall why we had an interview because at the time uh the uh broker owner was trying to split the team split the team into two teams right and one right. was megan's all-star five escrows a month <laughs> agents and the other uh, one was me the other one was that yeah and a newbies. couple other dudes i did and and and, and i didn't mind um, but yeah. what I do remember is that Zach was, um, extremely interested in getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't like, uh, I think uh, I harassed you on the phone like 10 times a day. Yeah. But it, it was funny cause all of them were good questions. I remember like, dude, that's a good question. And this is what you do. But I don't even know how you would think the think of that question all the time. Well, you see, when I first started, I was taking the, uh, the, the bottom of the barrel yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was I was getting the people that had all those like oh you never run into this situation but these people oh, have it. It's true. You know like yeah. I remember the one client that we kind of and and mm. and so if you're listening this to this and I hope you bought a damn property. <laughs> oh she did. Oh she did. Not with me. Uh, yeah she did. Just wasted like a year of your life. Yeah. Well see when I when I started I didn't know what to do. It was like hey Zach I want to see this property now. And I'd be at dinner like, well, guess I'm not eating dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's go check it out. And this was four years ago. Yeah, yeah it was four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, I do remember um, you just getting your feet in the game pretty pretty soon, like pretty quick. It's like you were prepared for it. Not a lot of people are prepared. I'm like, so what's your deal? Like, you're, And you're like, dude, I got six months saved up. I'm ready to not make money for the next three months. How do I make money in the next three months? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was um, it was like a big change within one year, Yeah, right? Like I had almost left K1 a couple times before where I had like other job offers and then ended up not going through with it. And But real estate was something I was getting ready for for like two years, right? Like I was getting ready for it, getting my exams going, getting ready for the state exam, saving. And then within like two months, I got married we moved out. We were living in the mountains for the first month, right? I remember we had that. A, her parents had a cabin up there and we're like, oh, we'll just rent the cabin out for a couple months. It'll be cool. And then I was planning on jumping into real estate part-time. Like I, I didn't know that. No, I was planning on doing it part-time. So I met with uh, two brokerages and both brokers were like, yeah, you can work here. I'm like, cool. What do you guys offer? Like, well, there's a desk. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, man, yeah. I, I mean, you know this, like when you get your license, you know nothing. Mm-mm. You know how many square feet are in an acre and you know like meets and bounds 
that you don't know how to practice real estate. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Do you offer any training? And they're like, well, no, you just kind of figure it out. And if you have a question, you can ask us. And I was like, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence to go play around with somebody's half a million dollar purchase um, when I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I met with Megan and she's like, well, yeah, you, you know, I, I think this would be a good fit, but um, you need to do it full time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I just got married, was living in the mountains, working <laughs> at this job. Man. I had just came back from our honeymoon and I'm like, well, I mean, I was planning on making the jump after a couple months full time. And like right then and there, I was like, all right, well, I guess it's full time. Best decision you ever made. Yeah. Then I put in my notice at my job and never really looked back. And then, so within three months, got married, moved, moved again. Cause I'm like, I can't live in the mountains if I'm practicing real estate down here. And then I also realized, well, I've only got two weeks left at my job. So they won't be able to verify my income if I move any later. So I went Drove down the hill my one day off and drove around for a couple hours, called a ton of places, finally found a place, locked it up, and yeah. That's wow. all she wrote, man. That's all she wrote. But it's the big dive. I think uh, a lot of people, I'm really happy that we touched on this because, um, you know, as as someone who's going from a nine to five, going into the, the beastly world of self-employment, mm-hmm. it's like your mind wants to protect you and you make, you start making safe moves, which is okay. Let me go in halfway here, halfway there. So I still have some stability. I Mm -hmm. still can kind of learn on the side and stuff like that. But we know that if you don't jump in all the way in, it's going to take you forever. Yeah. I mean, and you know, if you have a safety net, you're going to use a safety net. That's what your mind does. And right. it's your, your mind yeah. automatically goes, well, if I don't succeed, it's okay because I didn't fully commit. Yeah. Right. And, and if that's your mindset going in, you'll never succeed. 100%. But if you go in like sink or swim, you might sink. Right. But you might learn how to swim. So I think you, I think uh, we talk about this often that if you really gave a hundred percent, there is literally no way you can possibly fail. Yeah. Like people go in and they, and they go in with 80%. Because if they do fail, they can justify it in their head saying, well, I know I failed. I only gave 80%. Yeah. Right. But if you go in 100%, there's no way you can possibly fail. Yeah. No. I mean, you're right. Mm. I think it shows for uh, those agents that stuck around why they stuck around. We saw a lot of people come and go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seen a A lot lot of of people people come and go. Tons of people come and go. I mean, and you hear it all the time, you know, people, hey, dude, I just want to talk to you. I'm thinking about getting my real estate license. Cool. What, what, why are you trying to get into it? Ah, I just like the idea of making my own schedule and having flexibility and freedom. And it sounds like fun. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> freedom to work 14 hours a day. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever heard of a peed? Yeah. yeah you know, freedom to, yeah, you have the freedom not to work and not make any money. Yeah. So I, I, I think that. It's kind of tough when people reach out to me because, or me and people that have been in the game a couple of years, because I literally just try to harass them like in the opposite direction Yeah. before I tell them like, yeah, totally jump in Yeah. because someone tricked me into the game. I didn't know how hard this was mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and if you go in with unrealistic expectations, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Like if you really go in thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be able to take weekends off. I can just work three days a week. I mean, if you go in with that expectation, you're going to be very disappointed. It, 
I don't think you could say it any better. But you know, when I when I started, I went into with the expectation that this is going to be my career. Like this is this is it. This isn't just some side hustle that I can get vacation money for. Like this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I think that uh, I mean, mindset is everything. No matter what you're doing, I mean, your mindset is what's going to dictate whether you're going to succeed or whether you're going to fail. Yeah. I think remembering when you first came in, you were like one of the only ages I've ever known that dressed so like suited and like so clean cut all the time well that's because i was nervous i was like 24 25 <laughs> people are gonna think i'm a kid <laughs> and they did i had people i had somebody show up first time meeting him and they show up and they're like oh you're in high school oh no and i just remember immediately thinking yeah this isn't gonna go well yeah did it go well no <laughs> <laughs> I remember the same thing, man. Yeah. 24 years old trying to sell people, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand. I mean, whatever hundred thousand dollar houses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nerve wracking. But then after, uh, uh, you know, a few go arounds, mm-hmm. you're like, dude, it's just people. Yeah, no, it's all it, it is. I mean, you you use the age thing as a uh, like a, a reason. Like as a as a self defense mechanism, mm-hmm. ah, it's because I'm young. Yeah, but um, it's not. It's not. It's not. You, you you might say like even if they make a comment, you might say oh, it's because I'm young. But uh, six months later, I didn't look any older. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden, I was closing properties. Yeah, that's true. You know, and it, it, so it's, you realize it wasn't because of your age. It's because you were you were maybe using that to make you feel better. I think it's because uh, that's something uh, you can't change. It's a confidence thing. It's for right. sure a confidence thing. It's a, and, yeah. uh, and life is a confidence yeah. thing, man. Like yeah. it really is. And I think you ju- you justify the missing the sale due to the age. Um, yeah. And all it takes is a couple yeses. For, and that's that's what sales is. is mm-hmm. You're going to get no a hundred times before you get one yes. Yeah. Um, and then for a new agent, it's like they're just so afraid to go through the hundred no's. Yeah. Because the one yes, you'll forget all the no's. Yeah. No, I mean, um, you know, I'm a big basketball fan, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, I mean, the same thing. You get like somebody like Stephen Curry, right? Best shooter in the league. And when when you're that good, you have good and bad days. And the whole thing is pushing through all the bad days. Because if you are that good, you will get back to it. Right. right? And you, you have to see one go through the net. Yep. You see one go through the net, your whole game can change. And I think it's the same thing with real estate. You see one yes come through, you see one deal come through, and next thing you know, you're it's just a domino effect. Right. Yeah. Right. So fast forward to today's world. Ooh, crazy. How, how crazy is it times. out there right now? I mean, it's a it's a different market. I I mean it's been a seller's market for what, the last seven, eight years? I'd say like ten years more maybe. than that. Like, like, like two thousand eleven, twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's been a seller's market since I've gotten in, but now it's like that times 20, times 100. I don't know. Times however much you want to. Yeah. Um, times $25,000 over asking yeah, price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Removal That's it. contingency, yeah. please. I wish I could get something 25 over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's a different market. It's um, There's no shortage of business as far as people to show property to and uh, go out and be busy it's just converting that into um people closing on properties and it takes a lot of legwork right now yeah um 
you know, you're before you could go out and show properties for two or three weekends. People could take time to really decide, you know, you'd see a property on Saturday and they'd be deciding Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Ah, you know what? We do want it. Let's write an offer up. And now like by Sunday evening, they're like, sorry, we've got a hundred offers in hand (laughs) and uh, you have to have no appraisal, no loan. Um, uh, you have to give away your firstborn kid. You have to go ahead and buy their new house. You have Help to throw in a free massage. I mean, it's it, it's whatever you can to get the deal done. And there's no getting a deal out there. It's getting a house. And what do I need to do to get a house? Um, we were talking about the classic car the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. I thought it was uh, kind of cool. Um, my client was like, hey, we really want this house. We have a classic car we were going to sell and use some of that to like help with our down payment. But what if we just threw it into the seller? Did they take it? We ended up getting the offer accepted without the car. So oh. it worked oh, out. Oh, shit. Good yeah. for you, man. Yeah. The one just down the street from here. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Super, uh, super happy for him. But they thought about it. They thought about it. Yeah. They were like thinking about like riding it up. And if it came down to counters, it was like, hey. We might throw that in there, but it was one of the rare situations. We got an offer accepted, no counter, as is, nothing. Not even counter out like any little terms. Just signed the actual offer, opened escrow that day. Interesting. Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, I probably Especially had in one. this market, it's like. Yeah, no, I mean, it. it, it but, um, you know, we, we had a good relationship with the agent and we were able to make it work. No. Dude, good for you, man. Um. What are you seeing from other agents that you can't help but to live up to the name, the Zinger Slinger? What am I seeing? What are you seeing that you just are <laughs> just, just that just dying me? to zing out there, dude? Dude, I don't know, man. It's it's not not zingable. It's just too frustrating. <laughs> it's not even like you make a joke out of it. You're like, like agents do not call me. That like, is what, what are you what are you talking about? What do you mean? Do not call you. Hey, I want to write an offer on your listing. Do not give me a phone call. Do not text me. Do not email. <laughs> just like, submit your offer. Just submit it. your offer. It's like, you know, it's one thing. Certain sellers or agents don't want to disclose items, right? Like where they're at with price. They want it to be a guessing game. I get that. But there's certain things that are in benefit to the seller if you had a conversation about it, right? Yep. You know, yep. and make it easier on them. Like, hey, if there's certain terms you want in the offer, other than price, just so I can make your job easier so you don't have to counter me 30 different line items and make a headache, just tell me, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of agents out there that just won't pick up their phone right now. Yeah, oh, I think- uh, I'm working with one of them right now. He does not answer his fucking phone. And yeah, and I text him, call him, and, and his voicemail's already full, so he can't even leave a voice message. And yeah. it's been since- Sunday yeah I mean you put a house on the market it's sold by you know day four or five it's not like you have to go through phone calls for two months you know you suck it up you answer your phone for a weekend it's true you're good and I I would like recently when I'm listing properties I would pick up my phone for every single person and if they weren't even in the realm of the uh competition Mm -hmm. I would just tell them like look dude don't waste your time. Yeah. Like, and don't break your buyer's heart. And, and it's already going to break your buyer's heart. Right. But I don't want you to have to go through the documents and they get their hopes up and they're f- following up with you for four or five days. And Right. And again, at the end of the day, that makes your job easier. Because yes. now instead of 50 offers in your inbox, you've 
sorted it out to like the top 10 or 15 that right. actually submitted right. and you don't have to dig through all of them. Right. Cause it gets, gets crazy when you're trying to sort through and find 40 offers in your inbox and then mm-hmm. see what went to spam, which ones you printed out, which ones you haven't. Um, like for me, I put on all my remarks, the opposite, call me before you submit an offer. Heck yeah. Why? Because I don't want to spend all that time. Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. I'm starting to put like a, uh, private remarks like escrow title, NHD, all the, yeah. the services so that I don't have to counter them when we are in that stage. It makes yeah. no sense. I just want to make it the cleanest way. Fastest. Easiest way to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so like I said, I can't zing it because it just, it just irks me too much. It's too too far. It's too to irkable. Zing. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, it, it, it's been, what is today? Let's make sure we say the date on here. It's March 9th, 2021. The market is uh, no. Let's 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 talk about how we are the third hardest hit uh, real estate uh, geography mm-hmm. in the nation. Third hardest hit, meaning we in the are most declining amount of listings. Sixty five percent. Wow. Of down. the typical listings that we'd have on the market. Correct. Yeah, I'm surprised it's only sixty five percent down. That, that, we have 35%. Like, I actually agree with you, actually, mm-hmm. you know, but we have 20% increase in value. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's, and it's not just at like certain price points either. You know, no, I, it's I've got, I've got clients from 300,000 looking for a condo in the area to 1.1 million. And I showed them properties at 1 million over the weekend. And all of them were like, yeah, we've had 70 showings this weekend. Yep. We've wow. got 10 at a million. Hand, mm-hmm. at a million. Wow. Like even at a million people are doing whatever it takes to get a house. And typically those houses take two, three months to sell. They typically, take, yeah, they typically take a lot longer. They do. Typically the buyers are a lot more, uh, I mean, when you, when you're affording that much, you're pretty business savvy, right? So they want to deal. They're looking at numbers. They want to negotiate, but even the buyers at that price point right now are like, Hey, what do I need to do? Yeah. I, I need the house. I tell you, I, I scheduled a $6 million showing the other day, or tried to. Oh, yeah. It was sold. Guess what he said? Within like an hour. What? We're in multiple offer situation right now. So, uh, yeah, can you check back with me on Wednesday? <laughs> Wasn't it on the market for like 12 hours? 129 days. 129 days and yeah. then multiple offer situation? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They did a fat price reduction. That's yeah. why. Are we, are we going to mention this uh, this agent on air so we can, <sighs> uh, or are we putting it in the burn book? <laughs> Bro. Put it in the book. Put it in the book. All right, we'll put it in the <laughs> There book. are a lot of agents out there that, um, and the, the reason why there's a lot of frustration from agents to agents is because there's no rules to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's really no rules to the game. Uh, how to conduct yourself. Yes, there's a code of ethics that you follow to be a realtor. Right. Right. But that's that doesn't go in anywhere close to the extent of what we're seeing where do not call me, don't text me. Right. Um, Submit your highest. I mean, submit your highest and best in the first round is 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 pretty. Yeah, it's normal. It's normal. But dude, we're seeing some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, s- I, I think the the sad thing about it all is is the sellers that are hiring these these agents have no idea, no clue, what's no going clue. on the back end. No, yeah, they idea. have no yeah. no clue that somebody's doing a disservice to them. You know, and somebody's paying you ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to represent them, and that's what's happening. You're like. Wow. I, I wonder what they would think if they actually knew what was going on here. Dude, I think that all the time. Stuff I see on lab codes. Yeah. Like uh, 
Someone asked the other day, buyers under, I'm a listing agent, buyers under contract. They're asking to come take measurements. Should I let them? <laughs> I saw that and I saw your comment. <laughs> what was your comment? <laughs> My comment was, shouldn't the sellers let or not let them in the house? Yeah, like the listing agent. That's the thing, though. There's a lot of egos in this industry. All ego. I think right. it's all, all a power ego. trip. And they, yeah, power trip. They want to like feel high and mighty and control the transaction when in reality we're looking out for the best interest of our clients that's Shade. it shades beers high and mighty <laughs> high and mighty listing swag shit <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah but it is i mean they want to pretend like they're the agent and the seller and it's like no dude you're representing someone they do yeah they, they want do. to give you an answer before they even talk to their client that, i was and just gonna like, say no my biggest pet peeve is okay well um, this is what my client is offering. Can you please just run this by the seller? Not going to work. Not going to happen, dude. And I'm like, dude, bro, you're not even like going to lie to me and tell me, tell me you're going to talk to them. And they said, no, he just tells me straight up. Nope. Not going to happen. Yeah. Wow. I know them very well. They would never go for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, I get it, but it goes, it goes a little far sometimes, man. Yeah. It really does. When you guys see like the sellers, like when you show the property, like, is that like a benefit for you guys or if you, you see, see the sellers, the sellers? Yeah. I went to show two no. properties this weekend and the sellers were there and the agents were nowhere to be seen no. and mm. they were showing the property for everyone. No, it's not good. It depends. I've, I've actually had it work well, like twice. Well, yeah. Cause you're yeah. really nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I sat there for an hour and a half and let my day go by, but see, I mean, I, okay. So it wasn't in this market. I, I mean, I think there's a, a misconception on the buyer's end too, that they think if just the sellers knew who I was, they would take my offer 30,000 under the other offers. Yeah. Like if they just knew my story, my story, you know, and they want to, the little violin comes out. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I mean, your, your personal relationship and, and how you vibe with the sellers helps if you're close to the other offers. Like if you're identical with another offer, but you've met them, they know you, yeah. they met you, your spouse, they met your kids, whatever it might be. Then they could be like, you know what? I really remember this family. Mm -hmm. I've got two offers that are identical. I'd rather go with this one. Yeah. Right. And I, I had that happen like two yeah. years ago. Yeah. We were leaving the house. The sellers showed up. My buyers hit it off with the sellers. They ended up talking for like an hour, ended up chatting with them all. The seller was actually in escrow with another buyer. And the buyer requested a repair and they're like, you know what? let's just play hardball and not agree to this repair so we can open escrow with those buyers that were just here. No way. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> wow. I got a call and they're like, Hey, listen, we, uh, my, my clients just want you guys to have the house. So we're, you know, not canceling cause you can't cancel on the buyer, but kind of forcing the buyer's hand to cancel and open escrow. So it works out sometimes, but again, in this market, it's not, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a so you have to look great on paper too. Yeah, it's not just hey, I met them. I think at this we, point we you have to just kind of like build a relationship with the agent, not even the seller anymore. Just yeah, if they let you and answer their phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. just um, send them an edible arrangement. Yeah, send them an edible too. <laughs> send them anything. Send them something. Send them. Send them some mind-altering stuff that they can accept my buyer's <laughs> offer. Um, how important do you think it is to be like a political chameleon 
uh, today with like buyers and sellers because I see it more. I, you know, you 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 always get the political client, but like mm-hmm. the last four years have been. Um, I mean, I guess that you could argue that the it's always been this way, but yeah, how how, how important it is it to just be able to understand what's going on and to kind of, kind of be a chameleon in that political sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's very important. I think, um, you know, we live in a polarized society, right. And, um, you have a lot of people who are very opinionated and I have my opinions too. Um, and there's certain clients that, um, we agree and we can talk about it openly. And for, for others that I might disagree with, I mean, um, you know, I don't, I don't lie, you know, but, but I'm not going to get into a debate with somebody yeah. Which which I see out there, and unfortunately, like I've I've heard of, you know, people letting their their pride in certain issues get in that way, and have to have to be right, and will argue their point to, you know, losing their their relationship with somebody. So, I think it's very important just to have an have an open mind as far as understanding where people are coming from, and even if you disagree with them, being courteous enough to hear them out and not jump down their throat if it's something that you don't uh, see eye to eye with them on. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a, I just downloaded Jordan Peterson's uh, book. I saw that. And he is like, I reacted I, to your story. I know, but I didn't know how, I, I, I guess that's how I found him is because he's super controversial. Yeah. But like, it's I not have, really that controversial. It's not. Re- I mean, it's really not. <laughs> no. it, it is very, very dense and very uh, like rich with um, like giant words. Yeah, well, he's Canadian. Yeah, he is Canadian, <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm going through that right smart now. Smart dude. He's a very smart dude, and I want to know why people think he's so controversial. Yeah. Um, he uh, he brings in um, what's it called? Some a, a biologist on another level where they study mm. the differences between humans and other um, uh, species and how they act. And like respond. a molecular biologist kind of thing, or evolutionary biologist. Okay. And that's um, like where I'm at in his book. But okay. dude, I've never listened to any of stuff. I've, I've heard of some like interviews and stuff like that. But I've and they only play the interviews that gets everyone riled up. Oh, yeah, of course they do. Always, we'll just get always. on Facebook and gets everybody all like, yeah, angry there's a 30 everything. second clip that makes you click on a YouTube link. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, funniest real estate story. Funniest real estate story. We'll play the, the Jeopardy music real quick so mm. while, while he thinks about it. <sighs> it's funny for funny for me or funny for, for people maybe listening? Funny real estate story. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've had like a really funny one. No? No, I've, I've heard funny Crazy from, real estate story. From crazy real estate story. Um, I don't know if I've had anything too crazy. No? I've had to, I, I mean, I've had to like clean people's houses before. I've painted houses before. You've painted someone's house? Yes. Uh, I roasted him for it. Yeah. So I had, um, he's a nice, it, guy. it was a greatest dude in the world. Yeah. You know, I had a, a house for sale just down the street from here and, yeah. uh, we had a buyer on the property. My client, the, the, the buyer's lender was, uh, taking a long time, taking his sweet time. Sure. It was like a 30 day close. My client was moving down to San Diego. So he was already out of the property and uh, they called me like, hey, the appraisal came back good. We're, we're good to go. We're going to be closing in like a week and a half. And then a week later, hits me up. He's like, oh, yeah, um, did you guys complete the repairs from the appraiser? What are you talking about? I don't see the appraisal report. It's something you guys tell me. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, the whole house needs to be painted. Dang. I'm like, what? Because, yeah, there's too much. There's chip paint all over the all over the house. And it's a VA guideline that you can't have chip paint. Wow. So I spent like two days. I got paint at Home Depot to match. I didn't really have time to find anyone. And I went and I uh, painted the whole house. Outside or inside? The whole outside of the house and the detached garage. Yeah. Yeah, I called them up one day. I'm like, Zach, what are you up to? I think I was like, wanted to play golf or something like that. Yeah. What are you doing today, Zach? Bro, I'm painting my client's house. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you're painting his house? He's like, bro, I'm painting the entire outside of this house. How yeah. long did it take you? Oh, like two days. Ugh. I mean, it's the whole outside of the house. Didn't your dad come and help you? Yeah, he helped me the next day because I needed a ladder that I didn't have. <laughs> but um, so like the did whole sprayer, the house was like built. The house was built in um, was it like 1918? Like it was this old craftsman home with like the wood siding, right? So all the wood siding where there was like chips and stuff, I had to take like putty and I had to like smooth that out. Then I had to sand certain areas. Then I had to do like a couple coats of paint. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. So for any future sellers out there, Zach will paint the entire outside of your house. The one time thing. Free. It's a one time thing. For free if you list with Zach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, if we would have found out about it earlier, but I had told my client like, hey, request for repairs already signed off on. We're good. And then he's having to make an extra monthly mortgage because he already moved out and the buyer's taking forever. Right. I, we, they said the appraisal's good. Hey, appraisal's good. And then I would have had to be like, hey, by the way, you got to pay another like two grand to have your house painted. I was like, you know what? I'd do this guy a solid. You did him a huge solid yeah. attack. Yeah. So it might be funny to people listening, like thinking oh, I had to go paint somebody's house. But um, I think yeah. it's funny. If I had yeah. to paint someone's house, that house would be looking like crap. Yeah. <laughs> For real, huh? Well, then I had a. So the other one was uh, the house that I had to clean. Remember that? Uh, you, no. Um, the stuff in the garage? No, the whole house. Like the whole interior of the house. No, I did I the one in the garage too. Okay, so Dude, I guess I do that, have some and, stories. And, yeah, and yeah, you, and you were picking up like this 90-year-old woman and driving her like an hour to go see properties. She ended Wait, up trying what? to sue you and, and like... Yeah, well, she ended up not trying to sue me, threatening to sue me. Well, that's what I meant, For Zach. For what? Yeah. So, see, um, let's hear about it, you know? You think I got no stories? stories. Now, yeah. Dude, I yeah. just don't like talking, talking down on people. Oh. This is not talking down. This is a true story. Well, that one, I mean, that one it was just some lady was looking for a house down in uh, Hemet, and she lived in Upland, but she was, she was older. She couldn't drive on the freeway, so I'd have to pick her up uh, most days and uh, <laughs> drive her down to Hemet and show her properties. And um, You're the best dude to ever walk this yeah. earth, man. And uh, no, so um, the, I was selling a house in Fontana, and it was a double end in the office, right? So it was another agent was representing the the buyer. I was representing the seller. And my seller was selling her house and buying another house. And uh, she moved out and she ended up telling me, she's like, oh, by the way, I didn't have a chance to clean the house. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way? Yeah. She's like, oh, by the way, I wasn't feeling well. I barely was able to move out of the house like with my son. And she's got like two sons who were able to help and full grown. Um She's like, wasn't able to clean the house. And I'm like, okay, well, it's another agent in the office. So I don't want to hand them over this grimy house. And the buyers were super nice people. So I was like, let me just swing by and see like how dirty we're talking. It was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. How bad on a scale of one to 10? Like an eight. Really? Yeah, it was really. Like the floors were really bad. Just mud. Yeah. Would you have done that like now with COVID or... Uh, probably. Yeah, you would. yeah, oh, probably. Yeah. 
So I cleaned the house and then they were supposed to leave the washer and dryer for the buyers, but they ended up taking them. So then I had to uh, borrow a truck, go to her new house, pick up the washers and no dryers, way. take it back to her old house. And then that was, I think, right after I cleaned her house. So And she said she had no idea. Like, I didn't know I couldn't take my... Well, it was very agreed upon. But last second, she changed her mind. Oh, my God. Yeah. She changed her mind. They and, won't notice. Because the new house she was buying came with a washer and dryer, <laughs> right? They won't so notice. So she just had them in her garage. Well, her new house came with a washer and dryer. She had a washer and dryer, and then she was going to just take the one in the new house and leave hers. She ended up taking hers, and she's like, actually, I want mine. So then I had to take the ones from her new house and then swap them over. And the buyer was okay with that? <laughs> yeah, the buyer was okay with it. I don't care as long as I have The them. ones at the new house were nicer than the, one, than the ones she had. She just, you know. Sanitize. Love their old washer and dryers. Yeah, just really, Damn, really had a relationship with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think technology will push us agents out of the business in the future years? No, I mean, I don't, I don't see it completely taking over the industry. No, I think there's, you know, this better than anyone. Real estate's an emotional uh, game, right? And uh, there's always going to be people who need their emotions managed. Interesting response. I think I think it's going to become more and more part of the industry, and it's going to eat up a a portion of the business, whether that's ten percent or twenty five percent. I don't know what that is, but I think uh, people always need someone to walk them through the process. Yeah, because there's sense. a lot of people. Who, I mean, it, you think about it. You're okay. So people use Robinhood, right, for trading stocks, but do the the uh, big time stock investors use Robinhood? No, they don't. No, they, they use stockbrokers, right? They use people who are reading the market to control that, right? And I think yeah. there's going to be people who are going to want to use the Robin Hood of real estate and use these Zillow iBuyers and all that good stuff. But I think the people who, uh, who care about their finances, because typically your house is going to be majority people's biggest asset, trusting that to just some online AI system, or some customer service customer service rep. I think there's going to be some people who are okay with that, but I think there's going to be a lot of people who are like, "No, I want somebody keeping eyes on my biggest asset and making sure that things are taken care of." It's a human touch that people still want in like yeah. doing a transaction. I mean, it's a human touch, and then it's just a human human know how, like somebody who can actually you know read the market, who can explain things, who's not you know texting back and forth like when you're on Amazon and you have to reach out to customer service rep and they just have some automatic bot responding to you. The worst. It's fine when you're buying a yeah. you know $20 shirt from Amazon, but uh when you're selling a million dollar house, I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to be yeah. uh totally on board with that. Yeah, thinking about that now like the the frustration I get with just the bots for $20 shirts, like I could only imagine being pissed. Selling yeah. my house or trying to buy a house online, like Jesus, that would be tough. Right, exactly. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how um, we've we've all seen the closing cost sheets for these online buying, like Zillow and Open oh, Door. It's, it's, it's incredible, right? And you know, when you're charging somebody ninety thousand dollars to buy their house, like, but it's easy. You know, it's take easy the offer. And again, there's going to be some people who are right. going to want to take the easy route, but I don't know too many people wanting to leave 75, a hundred grand on the table. Right. And I think if, 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 if you would walk people through what it's like to, uh, like you're thinking about listing your home, mm -hmm. yeah. you meet with three agents, 
Yeah. Right. And then you. Contact, well, just me and then no others. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I got to come, you know, appointment number three, the last one to seal the deal, but okay. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, you meet with three agents, um, conventional agents, mm-hmm. should I say? And then you're like, well, let me see what this is all about. What do they do? So they, 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 uh, I mean, they, they have an algorithm, which is how they come up with a price for your house, right? right. I don't know exactly what the algorithm is, but they figure out what fair market value is and it's probably minus like 10%, right? So your house is worth 500,000. They're going to offer you like 450, right? But on top of that, when you're, when you're typically selling your house, you have closing costs that are going to equate like 7 to 8%, right? Because you've got escrow fees, title fees. You pay for both the buying and the listing agent. So you have about 8% on top of that. Um, so not only will Zillow pay 10% less for your home, they'll charge you another like 10 to 15% in closing costs. Wow. So. And on top of that, and what, what I don't like about it is that you'll get prices from agents in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'll get net sheets from agents in the real world. And right. then you'll get, uh, Zillow will send you some algorithmic <laughs> offer and then you're trying to compare the two. And then you decide to go with Zillow yeah. or wherever, and you sign the contract. Once you sign that contract, you're you're locked. You're locked, right? And then they're gonna send like you, you know what a um like an insurance estimator is, mm-hmm. where the guy comes out and he's like trying to, they're all trying to screw each other. Like the the <laughs> the insurance company's <laughs> trying to screw the the bot the the dude, and then yeah. the insurance the the estimator is. It's yeah, all missing crazy. window screen minus 10 grand. No, for real. So yeah. they're going to send like an <laughs> estimated. Hose, exactly. 15. They're going to send a, a, a dude out or a woman. I'm sorry. They're going to send somebody out there and they're going to estimate all the reductions they're going to ask you for after you've already signed the agreement. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. the craziest way for me, like for me to, 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 to think about someone putting their house on the market is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you look at situations like contingent sellers and buyers right and they got to sell their house and buy another house that's not something that some ai is going to be able to just walk you through no that's true man. you know how it is like you you have all these different options on the table how you want to go about it do you want to do a bridge loan do you want to rent your house out and purchase your next one so you can purchase non-contingent do you want to do it contingent do you want to list your house get somebody under contract then find your replacement property do you want to just sell your house get a short-term rental and then look for it so you can go completely non-contingent and not be in a rush um, I mean, I think these uh, these complex situations are going to be very difficult for um, something to just take over. Again, I think it'll lead up a portion of the business and maybe further down the line, 15, 20, 25 years when the systems progress and they figure out a better solution, maybe it takes over the industry. But uh, hopefully by then we all have a lot of investment properties and can retire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it'll probably just weed out a lot of like the agents that... Tell you not to call him. <laughs> Tell not to call him. <laughs> and they'll probably just have like the, like the full-time agents who actually do care about their customers working in the field and the loans will probably just... It's going to be too, yeah. too ever-changing. I think the yeah. one thing that I'm really excited for is uh, being able to sign loan docs online. Yeah. Like the craziest thing to me, dude, is that you, they send a notary to you. I just signed uh, refi papers. It's the same size as, as a purchase. Mm-hmm. And we're there for an hour signing documents. Yeah, so you can sign the contract to purchase the home. Yeah, online. Yep. Right, but yeah. um, 
without any really sort of verification. Yep. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to your away. loan docs, you got to meet with a notary. You have to go through yeah. all of that. If one page is is misinitialed, then you got to restart the whole thing. Wow, it's a little it's crazy. Insanity. Yeah, I think I like I like the on. See, I think it's going to streamline certain things. That's I what mean, I was, yeah. You think you thinking. think about like I mean technology. Yeah, uh, twenty years ago, agents looked at listings in like a phone book. That they'd get once a the month. Thomas Guide. Well, that's how they booked their showings, right? Like trying to schedule in where to drive for first, but they didn't have an MLS. So their MLS yeah. was just a giant book of whatever homes are for sale. Yeah. And, and then you'd get a new issue every month and you'd sit down and you'd review them all with your client. And you wouldn't see new listings till the following month when you'd get the new book. It's crazy. <sighs> or you had a fax like over a, your offers. <laughs> I had yes. somebody show, you saw that, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody put in the comment on the offer of a house last week. <laughs> fax your offer to this fax number. No. There was no offer email. They literally, they really wanted you to fax it. And I'm oh like, you know God. what? Maybe that's a good idea to weed out through like 75 <laughs> offers. Only the really serious people are going to figure out how to use a fax machine. I was about to say, bro, I, I would be lost. Yeah, I, I don't know. How I don't do you know how to do fax it. now? Does anybody have a fax machine? We would have no. to ask Kelly. Kelly's probably the only one who knows how that to use true. one. That's true. Shout out Kelly for being the, <laughs> Shout out Kelly. the oldest our, wisdom on our team. Yeah. TC right there. Oh my gosh, man. Crazy. life out of TC. I would just drive it to the office. Like, uh, yeah, I was, I was trying to look up the agent's history to see how many transactions they've done in the last 30 years. You know, I, I thought it was going to be zero. It wasn't? No, it wasn't. They're actually doing biz? Yeah. I love it, dude. What are some of the like mistakes you made as a young agent um, that you look back on today and you're like, wow, I, I wish I would have done that different or I wish I would have went harder on this or harder on that? Um, I mean, probably mistakes early on, I think was, it's hard to critique it because I think a lot of it was just a lack of confidence, Yeah. right? And the only way to really gain confidence is to by practicing it, Yeah. right? Um, so I, I think a lot of, uh, early things going on were, were because of that lack of confidence. Um, I think one thing I wish I did earlier was do a better job keeping in contact with past clients, Yeah, you know, like staying on top of that a lot more and yeah. reaching out to them from time to time and, you know, getting dinner with them and stuff like that. And I, I try to do that a lot more now, but I think in the beginning, um, you know, I was very, you know, again, when you first start out, it's like. Uh, man, I need to start doing something, yeah. right? And then you finally get one. You're like, okay, on to the next, on to the next. I need, I need to do it. I need yeah, to do it. Yeah, man. And um, yeah, I, I think you know, if there was one thing, it would be really spending more time on that in the beginning, and uh, not just creating those relationships and and uh, getting through it, but really developing that relationship into something long term. Absolutely. What do you think the biggest differentiator there is between uh, the successful agents and the agents that we have seen come and go? Um, I think we talked about it a little bit. I think it's mindset. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. uh, I think mindset's again, 90% of it. What you, kind of mindset though? Like to have the mindset that, uh, you don't have a backup plan, you know, having, having no reservations going into it and saying, I'm going to do this. Not, I hope I can do this. Not, well, if this doesn't work out, I mean, I can still go back to my old job. I, I think going in with that mindset of this is it. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to crush it. It might take a month for me to get my, get the ball rolling. It might take six months. It might take a year, but I'm going to get through this. Yeah. And just having that, that confidence and self-awareness that you're going to get through it. And, and you, it's something that has to stick with you. I mean, 
as you know, like last year was kind of difficult with, with COVID, right? And I think uh, especially for me, the first half of the year was pretty hard business-wise. Um, but if you have that mindset, you're always going to run into obstacles, whether it's early, whether it's multiple times, whether it's later. But if you maintain that mindset, there's nothing's going to throw you off track. Whoo, dropping bombs, Zach. Little David Goggins. Little Goggins <laughs> Little action Goggins. in there, dude. Yeah. Kind of love that guy. Yeah. He makes me feel like a sissy, but yeah, he does. Yeah. That's kind of the point though. Yeah, it, it is. Point. Um, so now that you're Mr. Um, all sleeved up, are you rocking, um, short sleeves to your showings? Are you, um, depends on the client. Really? Yeah. Seriously. I think tattoos yeah. unseen, aren't seen so like taboo nowadays as they were. No, like, but I, but I, I think it depends on who you're with. I mean, I've always tried to dress pretty professional, like since I've been in, it's just yeah, been what I've done. And I've always been like. And it's not because I feel like I have to. It's just, I don't know, something that I, I like and want to do. So I'm typically, I think you asked me about it in the beginning, like, hey, so are you going to be able to keep rocking short sleeves? But I've never worn short sleeves to showings. That's a good point. You know, I've always worn long sleeves regardless. And I've had a, a lot of people like, oh man, it's going to suck. You can't wear like polos in the summer to show. And I'm, I'm I've never that's yeah. funny. I've always I, worn long sleeves and a tie yeah. mostly or a jacket or something. And um, now it's actually the opposite. If anything, it doesn't hurt me because I'm always wearing long sleeves. But I have a, a good client of mine uh, that, uh, you know, I've been been getting along with him pretty well. And uh, I noticed he was sleeved up. So next show in, I did show up in a polo. <laughs> so, pff, guns out. <laughs> yeah. So if, if anything, it didn't like detract from what I could do, but kind of added on to, yeah. I think. No, I know. definitely do that. If I see tattoos poking out, yeah, you I'm see like, like, okay, all right. I see you. I yeah, see you. You always buyer. wear a lot of long sleeves, right? Because well, I'm terrified of people judging me. Yeah. In a, <laughs> it's real. Not in like a, a, a major way, but like just first impression. I'm a professional major way. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. And, and I mean, that's why I've always tried to dress pretty professional is because people, uh, my whole thing is, is when people think of real estate, typically their only um, recollection of what a real estate agent is, is what they see on TV. Absolutely. Right. Like million yeah. dollar agent selling Absolutely. sunset. And they're always suited up. Yeah. So that, that's my whole mindset. I go, listen, if, if they, if that's what they see as a career, that's what they're expecting. Then that's what I'll do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I've taken a little bit a different approach. Like I want them to know that I'm just like them and not yeah. saying you don't, but like hundred uh, yeah, percent. And I, I don't think, yeah. um, I think both approaches work in their own way. And I think yeah, that's yeah. why, um, uh, like our team, although we're all competitors, it, it doesn't feel like that. No, it doesn't. Like we, we don't look at somebody else and go, oh man, look at them getting these escrows. They should be mine. You know? Um, where I think it, it might be like that at a lot of offices where they have this resentment towards each other. But I think what kind of differentiates ourselves is we are competitive in the sense of, okay, that's your goal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. I got another one this week. Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah. And it's more of driving each other in, in that competition. Um, and it's great because we can all have different styles and we're all going to connect with different clientele. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know? Where is your business in three to five years? Um, in three to five years, hopefully like Megan status, the boss lady, (laughs) 
the big dog man. let's the make big a deal dog no i mean in three to five years i'd like to have um agents uh, you know under me that i'm able to to train and work with whether that's like as an assistant capacity or just like a, a small team of like two or three people that can work under me within omega um i mean that would really be the goal because this year you know i'm shooting for 26 transactions that means next year it'll be 36, 40. And then once you grow to that point where you're doing 40, 50 transactions, you, uh, you can only Hell. do so much, it's very right? True. You can, you can only be in so many places at one time. And true. after that point, the only way to grow your business is to expand the people that are working with you. You might want to ask uh, shade if he wants to be on a team. Oh yeah. Maybe I should ask him if he'll let me on his team. He's, <laughs> he's, he's killing, killing it, it man. He's yeah. killing it, right? I just talked to him this morning, man. I'm Actually, like, wait, yeah, yeah. His, his ego's Yeah, good he's enough. got listing yeah. agent yeah. swag, bro. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't listen to this podcast. No, yeah. sure. no. Yeah. You got a good point. Yeah. No, but shout out to Shady Meister. He's doing very well. A, oh yeah, young Slim buff. Shady's over there crushing it. <laughs> the real Slim Shady. He is, the real man. Slim Shady. He is, man. So, um, it's crazy you guys are brothers. Yeah, We're not brothers. <laughs> Where can people find you, Zachy? Uh, homes with Zach on IG. On IG. Yeah. Homes with Zach on IG. Thank you, Zach. Thanks Blount. for coming in today. Later, y'all. See you next time. <laughs>